Welcome in. It's another March to Match Day here at 92.9 The Game and Off the Woodwork. I'm Jason Longshore getting you ready for Atlanta United and Orlando City from Mercedes-Benz Stadium tonight. Yeah, it's a rivalry. Yeah, the game earlier this season that was a 1-1 draw in Orlando. Maybe the result, maybe the way that it went down with Tyler Wolf getting a late equalizer and then Atlanta having some more opportunities after that maybe that will add a little bit of extra spice to tonight at Mercedes-Benz Stadium now the timing of everything is a little bit different today and then let me let you know that now off the top five stripes countdown will start as normal at 7 p.m. but kickoff will not be until 7 55 the game is, as always, on Apple TV's MLS Season Pass, but it is also on FS1 tonight. That's why the kickoff is a little delayed compared to our normal 7.39 kickoff times. So a little bit extra time out in the tailgates today. Uh, maybe time for one more beverage. I don't know. I'm not sure how fast you drink, but hey. Take advantage of the time as needed. Atlanta United does not have a lot of time to prepare for this one. They played on Wednesday night. A 2-1 loss at New England. Two goals very early in that one doomed Atlanta. They did fight and they did put more shots on target than we have typically seen from an Atlanta United side. It was a very strong performance in a loss. Machoke Chol got the extremely late goal to cut the lead in half but only seconds remaining after that and no opportunity to find an equalizer. Difficult week after the win in Montreal on Saturday, followed by a trip home, then a trip to Foxborough, then a trip home, then a light couple of days of training, a lot of video review, I would assume, for this one. Uh, not a lot of work on the field because it is all about recovery for this group right now. Let's hear from Gonzalo Pineda first, and we'll start with his thoughts on Orlando and what they do well and what they can cause Atlanta some problems with today. Well, they are very solid, 4-4-2 defending. Uh, they push Pereira with the nine, Cara, or whoever else, like, uh, and then uh, inverted wingers with tendencies to come inside. Um, but then in possession, I think the tactics that they use with Smith going either as a as a double pivot, as a attacking midfielder in the pocket, uh, and then the rotations they have. So if he goes as a midfielder, then Araujo goes as a 10 in that inner pocket. Normally Facundo Torres out wide, but at times Facundo Torres can be in the pocket. Uh, Smith can be out wide as a winger. So they rotate a lot, especially on the right side. Uh, on the left, they've been more solid. They create the back three once Smith goes to those pockets. So they have a similar shape to us, like a kind of in build-up, they have almost a 3-2-4-1 kind of shape with inverted wingers, which makes them to play a lot inside as well. So they try to overload the middle. And then they have players that are very physical in that part of the field to move out. Actually, Araujo likes also the false fullback position at times. So tactically, it's going to be a challenge. We know that. Uh, they're a team that um, is very physical. They have pretty much all the players are fast, are strong, are, you know, have some physical attribute that makes them very good. And when they play, they can play very good. They have good possession sequences. They have good patterns of play. So, so they're a dangerous team, and we know that. Uh, we just have the hope that we can be better tomorrow. 
Orlando's a good team, a interesting one when you look at the way that they play. I thought Gonzalo really broke it down well there. They're they're not a team that is from the textbook. They are difficult to prepare for, and Kyle Smith's positioning is actually fascinating in how he can allow them to do so many different things. I think when you look at Orlando's roster and you see the, the great season that Cesar Araujo is having, Facundo Torres with seven goals and three assists. Uh, we always talk about Mauricio Pereira. So many talented players. Pedro Gales, a goalkeeper, one of the best in the league. Kyle Smith gets forgotten about quite a bit, and he's one of the veterans in a uh, veteran-laden back line. But it's his positioning and his soccer IQ that allows them to do some different things. If he flares out wide, that allows Facundo Torres to come inside. Uh, he can stay wide, and he's got two goals against Atlanta United. He's got four goals in his Orlando City career. Two of them have come against Atlanta. So feels like Kyle Smith always has a big day against the five stripes. Let's hear a little bit more from Gonzalo Pineda, and let's go to a question about Brooks Lennon. Lennon has been in great form since Atlanta shifted to the 3-4-2-1. He's got two goals in three games. And the question for Pineda from Tyler Pilgrim was, what can you do right now with the the training time that is limited, but also then an extended time to prepare for League's Cup with a couple of extra days in a normal situation? How do you continue Brooks Lennon in the current form that he's in? Here's Gonzalo Pineda on Lennon. Well, just continue pushing him. I think uh, one of the main things that people don't highlight is how good defender he's becoming. I think he's becoming a very solid defender. Um, it's hard for opponents to beat him on the 1v1s, and, and I think he's learning a lot on that. And that's actually his, his primary role, is defending. And then, of course, we know how much quality he can have on crossing and, and on balance opponents with runs or 1v1 dribbling crosses so I think we don't work a lot with him actually offensively we work more for him individually on defending and we have to continue pushing him to his limits and to to being a better defender even better defender and then uh, you know he he's one that is growing very very fast and now it's about how we can continue pushing him to higher limits. One more from Pineda talking about uh, it's specifically a follow-up about uh, Derek Etienne and how to get him producing as opposed to purely getting into the right spots on the field. And that's been the challenge for Etienne during his time here in Atlanta. Remember, he did miss the majority of the preseason with an injury, and it, it's just been difficult for him to get going. Now, he had a really good 45 on the road in New England, coming back from Gold Cup duty with Haiti. The team did shift to a 4-3-3 after falling behind 2-0. It allowed them to nullify a little bit of what New England was doing, but it also it also allowed them to get an extra player into the attack. And Etienne took advantage. He created five chances in the second half, but no assists, no goals. Can he continue to progress and that's really one of the missing elements for Atlanta United in 2023. The follow-up question about the conversation with Abon Etienne's performances, follow-up question was about confidence. Gonzalo mentioned that uh, that he thinks as Etienne gets confidence in what he's doing that the results will follow. And the follow-up question from Henry Aguita was about 
how you develop that confidence in your players. Here's Gonzalo Pineda on developing confidence within his squad. Probably recommending them not to read in Twitter, Instagram. That's, that's a good yeah. way. There's a lot of criticism out there from many, many people. And, you know, um, it's, it's, it's tough for them to live in. Nowadays, everyone has an opinion. Everyone has a, a way of saying, at times, cruel things on players and stuff. So that's number one. But number two, of course, is uh, working with them. They have to feel that you believe in them. They have to... To, to when you look at them, look at their eyes, and they have to see that you really trust him, that, that you are in his back and you got him, and, and that you believe that his abilities are going to help massively in the game plan and massively in that particular game. They have to feel that, and then it's, it's, it's on their own as well. They have to take some responsibilities on growing as a player, growing the, you know, the, um, the self-confidence. It just has to be there all the time, and that's that's probably the, the most important part of football is the mental game. Is the mental game how you talk to yourself in tough moments and difficult when you miss, when you score, how you talk internally to yourself. And I think they have to deal with all that high athletes and that high performance. They have to be able to to be strong here, and, and that's what I expect from them. But they all have my belief. They all have you know support for myself from the coaching staff, and I hope that can translate into better performances. Staying off the bird app is always a good element in developing confidence. <sighs> I digress. All right, let's hear from Oscar Pereja, Orlando City manager, on his club's preparations for Atlanta United. Now, they did not play in the midweek. Thank you, MLS schedule makers. They did come off of a loss 4 0 at RSL that was only their second loss in the last two months but it was a very strong loss and a very poor performance on the road here's Oscar Pereja on preparing for Atlanta United right a good question because uh, we, we had a very good game against them here it was probably one of our best games on terms to uh, performing they tied the game at the end and uh, when uh, we reviewed our tape, and then we, we, we were very pleased with what we had, and obviously things that we needed to get better. But um, they had changed a lot of the formations afterwards. It's, uh, uh, things that we're evaluating, they have changed things. Uh, not because we are to worry about their functioning, but also because we won't need to equate it but, uh, and relate it to what is our game plan. They played in the middle of the week, uh, at New England, so we will we'll pay attention to it as well and see. But uh, important that we can reinforce during the week what we're doing right, and especially in the last month, and, and that, that we will focus especially in this part of the, the week. So let's dig into this a little bit. Atlanta United, Orlando City, tonight from the bins. Last lineup out for Orlando, it was Pedro Galese in goal. He's been the regular goalkeeper all year long, 19 starts this season. Back line of four, Rafael Santos, Robin Janssen, Antonio Carlos, Kyle Smith. Now, Janssen, Antonio Carlos, and Smith, 31, 30 years old between the three of them. Rafael Santos, the 25-year-old Brazilian he has come in and started 12 games this season. He was last with Cruzeiro in Brazil. He is a player who, when he's able to get forward, can be dangerous. The RSL game was one where he didn't get forward a lot. 
he's an attacking fullback, and I think you want to make him have to stay home and defend and not be able to unbalance that left side for Orlando. Holding midfield, it has been Wilder Cartagena and Cesar Araujo, and that pairing has been very productive for Oscar Pereja this season. Cartagena, the 28-year-old from Peru, 24 caps for them. He started 14 games this year. He is on loan from Itihad Calba, developed at Alianza Lima. Araujo, the 22-year-old from Uruguay, he developed at Wanderers in Montevideo. He's been outstanding this season, and I think Araujo is proving to be one of the best holding midfielders in the league. Now, early on this season, there was some attempts by Pereja to, to try some different things, and one of those was Maurizio Pereira playing deeper with Araujo and Facundo Torres playing inside. That shifted really in the game against Atlanta earlier this season that restored Pereira to that number 10 role, and that's where he thrives. Even at 33 years old, the Uruguayan has five assists this season and can play in that role. Now, he's going to work hard, and he can drop when he needs to drop, but he's a player who is truly a number 10, and Pereira always concerns me in these games against Orlando City. He's just such a talented player. The wingers for Orlando, Ivan Angulo and Facundo Torres. Angulo, 24 years old from Colombia. He's on loan from Palmeiras. Torres, the 23-year-old from Montevideo, developed at Peñarol. 13 caps for Uruguay. Was part of the World Cup squad, although he did not play in 2022 in Qatar. Angulo, three goals, five assists. Torres, seven goals, three assists. And you heard it from... Pineda earlier in the show. Torres is one of those guys who can cut inside. I mentioned he played as a 10 earlier this year. He can cut inside. He can also stay wide. I thought early on in Orlando, he was causing Atlanta some serious problems. But as the night went on, I think they handled him pretty well. And yeah, he cut inside. Yeah, he had opportunities on the ball, but he didn't really make much happen. And that's what Atlanta's got to do here. Now, you will have an extra body, so you can be a little more aggressive in certain parts of the field on Torres. Now, lately, the starter up top has been Duncan McGuire, the 22-year-old from Omaha, had an amazing season last year at Creighton, uh, scored over 20 goals in college soccer. He's got seven so far this season, 18 games, eight starts, uh, two assists as well. He has displaced Erchankara, the Austrian, 27 years old, who has five goals and two assists on the season. He's played in 15 games, has started 11. McGuire started in Utah. We'll see if it's McGuire or Cara tonight. Similar kinds of players. They're, they're both big bodies. They're both big physical number nines. And I think that's a matchup that Juano Porrata will try to nullify when he can. But in this setup, with the 3-4-2-1 or 3-2-4-1 or however you want to put it, it's three center backs for Atlanta United. This is the first time since moving to that that they're not going up against two forwards. So how the center backs, if they keep in that shape, and it's not a guarantee that they do, but if they do, how they handle that, or is it a three center back setup that looks a little bit more like a line of four with Ronald Hernandez kind of flaring out and go to getting forward more because otherwise he's defending space, which 
doesn't really accomplish much. Uh, players to keep an eye on off the bench for Orlando. The biggest one is Martin Ojeda, the 24-year-old Argentine, last at Godoy Cruz. He's played in 22 games this season. He's only started 13 of them, but he leads the team in assists with eight. He's one of the leading assist men in the league, only two off of Tiago Almada's total. Ojeda is a player that I think they are still trying to get to a, a 90 minutes per game starting kind of situation. He's a different kind of winger than Angulo and Torres. I think he's going to play more and more as the year goes on. Does that start tonight? We will find out. This is a, a challenging game on a lot of different fronts for Atlanta United. And for me, the biggest one is the fatigue factor. Now, Pineda talked about it yesterday. He really believes in his social science or his sports science department, not social science. I'm having flashbacks to elementary school. Uh, his, so his sports science department and all the work that they've put in in fitness. And, and go back to things that were said earlier this year about how the season preparation was more intense in the work that they put in than any previous year for Atlanta United. They've worked on fitness a lot this season for moments like this. And and it look, it is a young team. And it's not so much can they start and can they go and, and can they look good for a while. It's I don't know if you're going to be able to play at that level of intensity for 90 when you played in Montreal and then in New England this week. It's tough. It's asking a lot. Can they get you to 60, though? And then can you get the performances off the bench that will be needed? Now, the starting lineup, I think there's a lot of questions about it because of potential fatigue factors. I think there's a lot of questions about what that looks like. Um, and then the flip side is the bench. You know, if if guys who started on Wednesday maybe can't start here, maybe they can't play 45, but could they give you a good 30? Yeah, it, it might be a little bit more of a mix and match at times for Atlanta United just because of that fatigue element. But nothing changes in the way that they want to play. And I think this is a team that is going to want to control the ball at home against Orlando. They're going to want to get the crowd going. And I think the crowd becomes a really big factor here. And Tyler Wolf talked about it after uh, training yesterday. And Oscar, Oscar Perea talked about it from a negative perspective, as did Kyle Smith down in Orlando. Gonzalo Pineda talked about it. The, the positives of being at home for Atlanta and the crowd giving them energy. Now, look, these guys might feel it afterwards, uh, maybe more than normal, but the crowd becomes a very important factor tonight, and Atlanta United has to get the crowd into the game early on, get some opportunities, really try to get an early goal and a breakthrough against Orlando and simplify things. I think the more Orlando has to throw bodies forward, the more, the more vulnerable they are to potentially giving up goals the other way. It's going to be a fun one tonight. It always is between Atlanta and Orlando. Usually the intensity is off the charts. I don't expect anything different in this one. These two teams don't like each other very much, and they're only separated by one point in the table. Big game in the Eastern Conference for Atlanta United. Then after this, it's not a long break. It's a week and a couple of days before – 
enter Miami and potentially we'll find out at their big unveil, although he has been spotted shopping for Fruit Loops. We'll find out if Lionel Messi will be on the field against Atlanta United, not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. This week on Atlanta Soccer Tonight, lots of different things. Uh, Monday night show will kind of set the tone for the week. We'll look back at Orlando, but also we will preview uh, from a broad perspective the Women's World Cup, which starts this week, and League's Cup, which starts this week. And then we'll have some more detailed podcasts on the Women's World Cup starting on Tuesday with a big preview. Our friend Jessica Charman will be rejoining me for that, and we'll have a live show after the first game of the group stage for the U.S. Women's National Team on Friday night. That'll start at 11 o'clock, and AST, as always, Monday at 11 on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app, and on Off the Woodwork, where you're getting this today. Thanks for listening. Make some noise at the bins if you're going. If not, you can listen on 92.9 The Game, starting at 7 o'clock with the Five Stripes Countdown. Kickoff not till 7.55 tonight. Full-time report will follow everything for an hour. And don't forget, you can always listen to our home commentary on Apple TV, MLS Season Pass. Go to the audio options and choose the home team radio. That'll do it for another edition of March to Match Day, Atlanta, Orlando style. We'll be back next week for Atlanta. Second time around, heading down to Fort Lauderdale to face uh, Inter-Miami and maybe some potential new friends joining this one. We'll get into all of it next week as we get ready for that match. Have a good one. Have a good match day. See you soon. Adios, everybody.